0: Talking rugby,
1: telling stories, Rugby Pickham. Welcome
0: to Rugby Pick'em Who cares, who knows, why bother
1: We we got the helicopters, the birds in the background, but most importantly, we got Colton Strickler in studio, that's right, the host of the DMVR Rugby Podcast. I can hardly believe my eyes. I know,
0: in the flesh, thank you guys for having me. Um, I was ecstatic, like I said, when Brendan asked me to
1: do this podcast a couple weeks ago, Uh, looking forward to getting into it. Well, we're even more ecstatic that Tommy no Pick showed up after training. Was a you good know, one. he coaches, he trains with the Barbos, he podcasts. The guy's doing it all in the, the grassroots, really man. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Logan Collins ran this training, so oh, there's Logan. a lot of good conditioning in there. For Corn sure. dog man, he Corn knows his stuff. Maybe you've seen his highlight reel. The reason we had Colton on at this time in Juncture, and we did bank some content, so to speak, before this, but the reason we had him on is because arguably the most hyped non-MLR <laughs> match of the 2021 season yeah. is this Saturday, Tommy, in the form of right. the Half-It-Hapunas well, heading wait. west to take on the Colorado XOs. Yeah. So we basically have MLR's minor league team against <laughs> the team that withdrew from the MLR and changed up their model and have been playing as the XOs. I couldn't be more excited to watch this game, but Colton, let's dive in with you. For those who don't know who Colton Strickler is, can we hear a bit about who you are and how you got into the Rugby Media Industrial Complex? Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, I'm Colton Strickler. If you listen to my podcast, you'll know I'm a, I'm a wheat-rich farmer, uh, born and raised here in Colorado, played rugby for Glendale's uh, high school academy team.
1: And if I may, you gotta uh, talk louder than the siren in the background. Okay, I'll try to get my levels up a
0: little bit too. Yeah. Something I struggle with
1: on my own show.
0: Tommy, shut the door. Oh Jesus. My God. Uh, played rugby in high school. It's kinda of when I fell in love with it. Uh, got too many concussions, too many head knocks. We got everything rolling here. It like, <laughs> but it's a
1: Wednesday night. After your rugby career, you quickly launched into making your way to reporting rugby. Right. So, uh,
0: as you come to find out, I guess, later in the summer when we <laughs> put out the seven minutes with me, uh, I wanted, I've i always been interested in sports media, uh, particularly football. I love football. It's always what we wanted to be as a football, you know, media of some sort. Um, quickly realized that a lot of people want to do that. Um, had some experience with rugby. Needed a, needed an internship to graduate college. The people at Glendale were kind enough to let me come get my internship there in the marketing department. Um, and that was kind of the the first foray into it and and here i am
1: and tommy in the early years of the mlr colton was able to land another part-time gig with them arguably shaping the history of the mlr as we know it right i mean this league would not have happened without (laughs) colton strickler writing the game reports every day what was that like generous uh yeah, but you're right in a way, not that I shaped MLR, but there needed some
0: documentation, right? This, these are matches that are happening on a pro level. They needed some record of it, and that's what I did at the most basic form was, was keep a record of, of match recaps. In the second year, I uh, got a little bit more freedom to to expand into a column type thing. Wrote some features, wrote some profiles, which is what I like to do. Uh, and, and that's kind
1: of what I did those first two years. The scribe of the league <laughs> for year one and year two. Year, yeah, I mean, now we have a Arch- full-on yeah, media industrial complex uh, yes. when it comes to the MLR. But in the early years, if someone missed the game, which quite often they did because you had to have Fox Sports or you had to have ESPN Plus, and we were chasing the streams all over the internet. So, you miss a game, what do you do? You head to the MLR website and you read Colton Strickler's write-up. Right.
0: I was grinding away on Facebook Watch. That's how I would do all that. Uh, I had back-end privileges on the Facebook, um, and that's how I could watch the games that I wouldn't be able to watch normally. So, I spent, uh, man, what, Thursday through Sunday. Every weekend from, I guess the first season was a little shorter. It was about April to July. Yeah. Second season, though, what, February to to June, I was – I was uh, slaving away over my computer any second I wasn't at my
1: regular job. And Tommy, like, we we sat down week one, and all we did was watch the games, get drunk, and record a podcast here after. And even that was a lot of work. But Colton's watching every single game yeah. and doing multiple paragraphs on every I wish, game. I, I w- can't even dream about that.
0: So I wish I would have thought to bring my note. I have every notebook, like, that I had from the first few years of MLR. Archives. Archives, dude. That's the, that is the uh,
1: – the scrolls. Yes. <laughs>
0: the scrolls. I would get the true, like, newsboy, like, open, what are those called?
1: Uh, parchment. Pad. Whatever.
0: <laughs> those pads that opened up. and yeah, Legal I, pad. I, I Not a legal pad. I went on a smaller one, like a handheld one, oh. and I had a whole system down. I'd split the page in half. Every scoring play, anything I thought was, like, interesting, worth mentioning, I would make a note of. Every scoring play. So if you dig through those notebooks, the eight or however many I went to through you know, through those first two years so it was
1: there's history in there, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Tommy, me, can we find a niche being the scholars down the line who retrieved the Colton Strickler artifacts and <laughs> paleontologists taking dinosaur bones out? Be lucky if you can and my
0: handwriting too, it would always start really nice and the the longer the, the later I work the it would just get worse and worse. So I, I would be surprised if I can't even read a lot of that stuff. Well,
1: it's it's good to hear your war room stories of reporting. <laughs> um, but we've all played rugby. We know how much yeah. goes into it. Let's talk about this XO group that really has put their foot down against all other naysayers and scrutiny and have shown through their spring season that they can learn this game pretty damn quickly and they mm-hmm. can win games. I want to say at a high level, we'll see if they start scraping yeah. up MLR teams and MLR academies. But for now, they're beating high level clubs and they're beating pretty good college programs. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what this XL experience has been like.
0: It's been one of the most fun like experiences of my life, to be quite honest. Like to be around this program every day. I, I you know I get to watch training when I want. I get to you know I have unlimited access. I get to talk to whoever I want. Like. It's been so fun to do it, and it's been fun to see like how this has been. I don't know the reaction to this all, how it's been received, and how it was perceived, and everything, and just to watch it all play out has been uh, has been very fun. And I think like in the short term, like you said, I think you can, you can they can lose the next three matches, and I think you can qualify this as a success thus far.
1: For sure, the fact that you guys have filled a team and competed in games a lot of clubs are struggling to do this it's part partially the fault of usa rugby about not having clarity on how to operate whereas glendale like they've operated on an mlr level so there's no reason to believe they can't handle scheduling their own games and going independent as we'd like to say in the yeah. football world notre dame notre navy whoever they want that's you kind of wish there was like a hard knocks camera crew just to see this <laughs> it's <laughs> funny you say that tommy and <laughs> He's saying it genuinely, but he also knows that the Rugby Factory is there every oh, single yeah. second of every day, right. documenting the journey. So I love that you said that. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? But they they're are. quite literally oh, wow. doing that. That's awesome. I'm watching it. I think this is the fifteenth week
0: they've been around, and they've been to every away match. They've been if they're do if the Exos are doing something, the crew is there documenting it. So, Damn, dude.
1: I'm happy it's all on camera because. A lot of people have talked about you know the upside and the downside to this, and the upside is definitely getting a bigger reach on rugby. Mm-hmm. The XO football network is immense, and even if we only get a couple football friends to see these XO guys and be like, hey, I'm not probably ready to pursue it professionally, but I'm going to go out to a club and play. I think that that's a really undervalued thing that this program is going to do. It's going to spur basketball players and ex-football players to – Play rugby into their 20s. There's not a lot of professional opportunities after college, but there's definitely not a lot of like you can go full and play live, but it's not professional. Right. It's usually beer league softball or tag football or something that's slowed down. Men's club rugby and women's club rugby allows you to go full tilt, knock each other's teeth out and still go to work on Monday and do your 9 to 5 like i think that a lot of football players who who had a crack at the nfl and even if they're not good enough to get accepted to the xl program mm-hmm. like if they just join a club in birmingham or seattle or new york like that's that's huge so tell us about the core of this XO team and I'm really interested to hear about guys from different sports yeah. and maybe some of the crazier stories of how they got here. Tell us a bit about the XOs. So uh, something
0: I, maybe this isn't what you're getting at. But this is where I'll take it first is like I talked about on the show last week and I've talked about it with some guys like off. They're not making content. I'm just chatting. Um, I've talked to Malik Bryan about this. I've talked to David Stoll was a guy I had on the show last week the exos don't miss a lot of tackles like and, and they and this is something i've asked them i was like don't, don't you feel like you they've gotten themselves out of a lot of trouble that they sh- frankly shouldn't have because they don't miss tackles and eventually when you get hit by enough gilins and you get hit by enough gerald mcdowell's who was you know playing defensive tackle at uh old miss and you get hit by enough vic evans who was another guy that played at Ole miss like you can only take so much of those before somebody coughs up the ball or you just get tired and, and you make a, a mistake. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what's been getting them out of a lot of trouble.
1: They, they're very short tacklers. Yeah. And and teams don't have the fitness or team game plan to go 15, 20 plus phases. Right. Right. Cause that's when you finally break a tackle. Exactly. Right? Is, is when you draw the defense in or, or maybe just like fatigue them a bit. Yeah. And, I listen to the David Still interview, of course, every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we I talk a it. lot about overcommitment right. as a football player, right? We have this like shoot to kill mentality where, on that given down on second and one mm-hmm. from the thirty-one, you just want to hold that yard as yeah. much as possible. If they gain two yards, no worries; they can gain three yards. Yeah. But the way football players dive and. People to like literally stop them in their tracks, it's a lot different from rugby, right? Rugby, you got to think about your own body, you got to think about the best way to spring up to counter the ball, you got to think about the runner's momentum. You know, should you just let them stumble forward, or are you going to meet them in their tracks? So, there's always been, in, in my eyes, an argument in the rugby world of like. Should you dominate the tackle, right? You do want to drive right through them and cut them in half, or do you want to make the sure tackle? Do you right. want to increase your tackle load, even if you're giving an extra meter? And it's interesting to kind of hear the football take on it, in that they he admitted that you know a weakness in the actual yeah. defense might be over committing because everyone's so hungry to get to the ball. Right, and,
0: and to I mean to your point, they they don't think like that yet. Maybe like every. Every time they make a tackle, they're they're trying to to cut you in half for better or for worse.
1: Yeah. The more you play rugby, the more you understand multi-phase play and where the opportunity is. A simple little call that Taylor Howden put into our little barbell thing was hot and cold on defense. So hot, it means a steal is on. You've made Mm -hmm. a dominant tackle or you've made one right at the game line where you might have an overload. And I think the minute the XOs start to poach ball and poach ball really consistently, then you're going to see, you know, multiple jackals out right. of the field. What do you think, sport-wise, um, gives the team the most diversity? Like, what's the wackiest sport that someone's crossed over with? Uh, I, I'm just, Wacky is a, a tough term. Yeah, I
0: was like, maybe this doesn't fit the definition, um, but... But Vince Bowman is a guy who who is like I think he's the only like true basketball player. Like he has never played a contact sport. He came from playing pro basketball in uh, Europe. He was gonna he was slated to play in Mexico. I think in Mexico City, and like it, as of March of last year, and obviously that derailed everyone, all his plans. So, um, but he's loved. He's a load. He's six nine. He, he's a huge player. So he's still he's still learning the the ins and outs, but um he's he's jumping obviously he's the lock he's he's a guy he's probably like the most out there because this is his first foray into anything like full contact
1: yeah basketball crosses over really well with field vision Mm -hmm. spacing and help defense that's a big part of rugby it's a big part of sevens which by the way we're gonna be releasing more colton strickler content (laughs) all summer it's going to be plug. seven minutes with Colton in honor of sevens. And and you you hinted that the XOs might play some sevens. We'll, we'll talk about that. But right now, in, in the 15 sense, I think there's a real opportunity for them to hit those learning curves. Yeah. And all of a sudden be like, oh, not only am my good strike runner, I'm going to add poaching to my game. Right. Or I'm really good under the high ball. Let me learn how to chip off both feet Right. once I break game line. Or... Passing back shoulder, like right. just get, like they're gonna have all these discovery moments where they're like opening up another aspect of their game. I'm really excited to see that grow.
0: I think that's the way you should learn too. Like you should learn 15s before you play sevens of too. Like it's gonna it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be hell on wheels. It's just gonna be like you can do this. I can just beat this guy. I don't have to, you know, line up, run these like crazy patterns and all this. Like yeah. so, I'm looking forward to to seeing that for sure.
1: What are some of the guys on the team that are the biggest personalities? And when I say that, who is the funniest guy on the team?
0: Funniest guy, uh, Gerald McDowell is pretty funny. He's a guy I mentioned. He's, uh, yeah, he, he's always he's always cracking jokes.
1: Who's the fastest on a short term burst, like a forty yard dash? I think
0: Malik Bryant is probably the he's one of the fastest people I've ever seen in my life I think that goes for short term he beat you in 100 he he's a he's a burner he told me a very interesting story about how he trained with Antonio Brown for a little bit and I asked him I was like you had to have been neck and neck with him right like I understand he plays in the NFL but there there's not people as fast as you in this world and uh, he, he told some. He told some good stories about that. He yeah. said that the, his trainer never conceded that Antonio Brown lost, but we can connect the dots here. There you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so if he's the fastest sprinter, who's the fastest to win maybe like a five mile race, like a real rugby fitness challenge? See, I think and maybe this is a
0: cop out. I don't know if you want a crossover answer, but maybe like I think you got to give these to one of like the rugby guys, like maybe a Dan Stone, maybe okay. like a, a Cop out. Maybe a Samu Smith type of guy.
1: He's an OXO uh, over crossover because <laughs> he's come back. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. Who on the team is going to have the best career after athletics, after professional?
0: Okay. So I've heard from, from numerous people that this is going to be Chase Stelling. They say Chase Stelling is going to be a broadcaster of some sort. He's a... Uh, he was a, a friend of the program. He came on early on in the season. He's a... Uh, Guy's taking this very seriously, but he's very well spoken. He likes to have a good time. Doesn't he? Doesn't necessarily like cross the line. He's he's not a over. He doesn't overstep. You know, his presence isn't isn't overly you know annoying or anything like that. He's uh He's gonna he's gonna be a broadcaster from what people have said.
1: <laughs> well, you know how free the airtime is these days. <laughs> yes, yes. Colin circular, Thank you so much for coming on, and I think we're. We're in for another interesting summer. Yes, we are. Last summer was like the summer in a different way. The yeah. rugby media industrial complex exploding. This summer, it's going to actually be rugby and test matches. Yeah, and sevens and we'll have a lot. Mlr. To, yeah. I mean, the fucking final of the Mlr and the XO Harpooner game <laughs> on Saturday.
0: <sighs> the only you. way
1: I see the Harpooners winning is. A, is their fitness level really good? Because right mm-hmm. now they appear to be a travel team. Right. And that's fine. So my guess is, you know, XOs get five points on home field advantage and two on altitude. Okay. That's probably fair. <laughs> How many games have the XOs played now consecutively with a couple of bye weeks? Seven? Seven, yeah. With okay. I would say. Maybe three weeks off. Yeah. I don't know where the harpooners are, but maybe they've gotten three, four tournaments right. in. So. Advantage XOs, and they're rolling into their progression right now. So right. that's probably five extra points if I'm handicapping it. So let's say XO is a 12-point favorite at home, expected to I, win. I think that's fair. I think
0: it's been – I've been weary to make – we don't pick them on this show. We don't right? pick them. We just <laughs> set the lines. That's it. Yeah. So I won't I won't pick them, but I, I'd say it's, the XOs have made it hard to, to help them thus yeah. far.
1: And especially going down to Atlanta and getting a key win on the road. This is playing at home, and even though there'll be selected fans there, they'll be playing in their stadium. So I can tell you, pride. they are pumped to not fly somewhere. They're pumped to not get up at five a.m.
0: Go then. to the airport. You know, sleep in a hotel. They're pumped to sleep in their own beds and come play some
1: rugby and stream hapunas at the Exos. Pick. Em. I can hardly believe my eyes. I
0: know. Um, And that was kind of the first foray into it, and, and here I am. Wrote some features, wrote some profiles, which is what I like to do. Bring my note. I have every notebook like that I had from the first few years of M.L.R. Archives. Archives. I don't know the reaction to this, how it's been received, and how it was received. And I think it's going to be hell on wheels. Uh, I'm Colton Strickler. If you listen to my podcast, you know I'm a, a wheat farmer. It's been one of the most fun like experiences of my life to be quite honest.
1: You kind of wish there was like a hard Knox camera crew just to see this. <laughs> it's.
0: One thing, I, maybe this isn't what you're getting at, but this is where I'll take it first, is like... The Exos have made it hard to, thus yeah. far. Yeah. Know your role.